It's time to decide. You must choose your subscription box. Do you want fluffy, fuzzy things? Do you want a watch that you'll barely even wear? How about more collectibles to fill the shelves in your room? No! You don't want that. You want horror movies, and you want them on DVD. No, you want them on Blu-ray. Well, buddy, it must be an omen, because here I am, and here's HorrorPack.com. Join HorrorPack.com for $19.99 a month and get three killer DVD movies plus one exclusive. Or join up for $24.99 a month and get three Blu-ray blood soakers and an exclusive each month. There, now you've made up your mind. Or I have. HorrorPack.com for the best scare anywhere. <clears throat> I think we had enough of that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Marcho recommends you put on your headphones now to listen to Hey everybody, it's time for another Achieving Reality, the podcast. This week, it's rainy and crappy out. Yay! Plus, we talk about things that you're probably not interested in, but we are, and we want you to know that. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast. We'll see you at the end. Bye. Or cheating reality, we're here to talk to you tonight about ibuprofen. <laughs> I'm here to talk to you about bare back and body. Bare back and body? Yes. That's that little club in town, right? No. No. Bears back and body? It's what, not bears back and body. Ooh. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah, him and Klaus opened that up. Him and Klaus? Yeah, Dave Bear and Klaus. Oh, <laughs> bears back and body. No, we're here to talk about uh, obscure vinyl and why we obscure collect... Obscure recordings. Obscure, obscure recordings and why we collect uh, vinyl. Our personal reasons for collecting vinyl. The obscure recordings is going to be a separate bit. Well, whatever. A it's, separate continuing bit. Yes. So it's, it's all <laughs> under the same title, but fuck you and we're going to do it. What got you into collecting vinyl? Oh, I like that. I mean, that's what you bought when you started buying music. That's what you bought. I, mean, I just never stopped. I mean, I would buy things on cassette when the cassettes were big because that's what you did. And when CDs came around, I bought CDs. But I've never stopped listening to my albums. And so there was never a time where you were just like, okay, I'm done with these. I want to sell them off and mm-hmm. get some money so I can buy more cassettes or, and or CDs? No. No? No, it's just one big collection. Impressive. Well, cassettes wear out. Yes. You know, CDs don't. Not... Really? No. So, I mean, all my 
my CDs still work, as far as I know. I mean, there's some that's, I haven't pulled out in a long time. Yeah, I just got back into it because of you. <laughs> and uh, I look for more psychedelica and jazz, typically. And I have some metal. Chris got me Slipknot's uh, We Are Not Your Kind uh, for Hanumas. Shock Economist. Shock, shock Economist. And, um, oh, crap. This is Dilly's well, kind of loose. Shock <laughs> Economist. Yeah, don't piss it off. It'll start dancing and singing. Oh, crap. What was the other one? Uh, Reform School Girls soundtrack. With Wendy O. Williams. With Wendy O. Williams. I got that. And then, just recently, I picked up, because I've been look. I had it on cassette back when I was younger. Oh, I have seen that. Oh, you have? I mean, I recognize it. I don't know where I saw it. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, if you look at it close, it's just been glued and then... Oh, you should probably say something. Yeah. What, what then, well, I'm, let me get to it. I'll get back to it in a minute. Yeah, let me see that while you're talking about it. Yep. But uh, I picked up the Plasmatics, Wendy O. Williams as well. Oh, yeah. Cool. Metal know. Priestess. This was the album I had on cassette when I was younger. Ooh, it's got weight to it, too. Yes, it does. When I got into metal and punk and everything back in the uh, early to mid-80s, this was the first technically metal album I ever bought on uh, tape. Listened to it and listened to it and listened to it. Tape, of course, broke. And I had never been able to find it on vinyl for anything less than $30. Not that long ago, I found it at one of the, the record stores we go to. It was... What did I say? Was it 12 bucks? I've taken the tag off already. What, the plasmatics? Yeah. It was between 8 to $12. Yeah, I don't either. And I, and I was like, yeah, I can't pass that up. And snagged it. So I now have Wendy O. Williams and the plasmatics in my house. On the back it says Wendy Orlean Williams. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. I uh, thought that was... I figured it was a stage name. Yeah, apparently not. It may be. Well, just our initials. Uh, then you got West Beach on rhythm guitar and keyboards. Richard Stotts on lead guitar, which actually surprised me because I've actually heard him on other stuff. Chris Junior Romanelli on bass, and Joey Reese on drums. And this is just screaming and anger and hate, and, and an odd mixture of femininity. And uh, and a Odd mixture of femininity, femininity, anemone. Yes, the uh, uh, odd mixture of sea anemone and uh, the extra for that the sushi post. You do. Uh, it's, uh, it's the texture that's the. It's weird, right? Really. So I picked that up. Now, like I said, I like a lot of uh, jazz and and whatnot, but I go looking for a couple, two, three specific guys. I haven't picked, started picking up the other ones yet. There's four actually. They all go out as a band that I can't remember the name of. It's like a you know one of those Toto. super one of the, no it's like one of those super bands. Asia. No, it's a jazz band. But Steps I, Ahead. What? No, no, it's not Steps Ahead. Though that's really good. No, the uh, the so the guy I've been picking up lately is Stanley Clark. So, right here at the table in the studio, I have Time Exposure, and the two I picked up today, which is. Rocks, Pebbles, and Sand, and the double album set, I Want to Play for You. Stanley Clark is probably one of the greatest bassists 
ever. Uh, the greatest jazz bassist ever, because the greatest rock bassist ever is Les Claypool, and second to him, and actually tied for first, is, of course, uh, Geddy Lee. I love that. Uh, I'm also a big John Luke Ponty fan, which I haven't started picking his stuff up. And I, and I also pick up a lot of weird stuff. I've got a Jim Neighbors singing as Gomer Pyle a bunch of different songs. And I just picked up a new Jim Neighbors, the Christmas album today. The wife will really love that. I've got two uh, Jose Iglesias albums. Julio. I mean, who, Jose. No, it's Jose. It's his cousin. Oh. <laughs> Julio Iglesias. It's his half-brother. Yeah, it's his half-brother. Uh, i got two Julio Iglesias albums uh, that are still sealed. I have this really kick-ass Superman 2 soundtrack that Chris found with the laser-etched Superman shield on it. I'm looking at him right now. And it's just fucking cool as hell because of what it is. Then, of course, I like me some good old American funk. And I like a lot of the classic, you know, the classic 60s and 70s bands and whatnot. So I picked up Grand Funk Railroad, the We're an American Band album. It's a gold cover. The first time I picked it up was just black vinyl, just a generic record. The second time I picked it up, and I didn't really want to, uh, but I did because it was eight bucks. It is now, I guess you consider it orange or gold vinyl, <laughs> but it is so sexy. It's a gold album. Yes, it is. And it is dirty. <laughs> That's the first pressing. Is it really? Yeah. When I have the first and whatever pressing. Uh, when I read it, all subsequent pressings went in the black line. Yeah. But that, the first pressing of that and the first pressing of the single are uh, on the gold vinyl. The single? Yeah, we're an American band. Oh. Because I had that. We had that... When I was growing up. I don't know which of my brothers has gotten it, but probably David. But oh, the, one, they, they, the one we had, the single we had, was on black vinyl. Uh, and then I picked up a weird album that I had to pick up because it's really a one of a kind kind of thing. It's uh, well, it's one of. Maybe, I think there's different editions of it though. Like oh, something they do annually or monthly. Yeah, or I would think so. I saw a copy of it on Elaguru. But it's a it's it's a red cover. And it's just like a basically, it looks like it's been spray painted this color, actually, if you look at it funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like construction paper. Yeah, it's like construction paper or whatever made into a cover. It's a double record set, but it is an A&M bootleg album by A&M. And basically all they did was they just took a generic cover and they took a bunch of singles. It's like, I'll read the, a little bit of the letter. It's like, to further the music available to you and your listeners, I have put together an album of previously released singles heretofore, because, you know, so many people use that word a lot, mm -hmm. uh, never available in LP form. The album is not commercial and is just for your station's record library. Unless you have the old 45s, this music will be lost to you and your listeners. This LP includes, and then it says the songs are some Joe Cocker, Leon Russell, Pro Call Harem, T-Rex, The Move, Captain Beefheart, The Fabulous Burrito Brothers. I almost bought one of their albums, but the guy wanted $30 for it. Yeah. And, I was, and it was in great shape, but the cover looked like this. Hmm. 
And so, and it's signed, probably not really, but signed by Alan Mason, special projects director for A&M Records, and their logo actually has a hole punched in the center of the album. Oh. If you'll see. Yeah. So it's pretty funny. And it gives you, and it's, the tape is the original tape for when he put this out and everything. It's really wild. It just, I mean, it's literally just thrown, it looks like it's just I mean, the lo- the thrown together. The logo looks like it's been glued to the... Yeah, it was like, it was a sticker, they put it on, it didn't work, so they glued it down or something, because it looked like it had, it was covered in tape at some point, too. There's nothing on the back of it, it's it's just red. I mean, it literally looks like it was spray painted. So, I buy stuff like that as well, that's just a little off-kilter, a little weird. I've got a bunch of comedy albums. I have a Ronco Funny Bone, I think I mentioned it once. Uh, because I had to buy it because it said Ronco. You know, me and Ron Popeil go way back. Uh, I mean, that's why I collect them. I mean, that's the reason why I got my setup and the whole nine yards. You know, and now I'm looking for the Cure Disintegration. That's not a new not a new release. Or I should say a new pressing. Because they did put one out. It was, it would be a import. Oh, yeah. You're going to have to convey that probably. I have, and they all want like 175 pounds for it, or more. I'm like, there's no way I'm paying that. So, and then I've noticed, Chris, you say you buy certain albums because you remember you had it as a kid, or you're, or something like that. Or somebody in my family had it. Yeah, or somebody in your family had it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I look for certain editions, like this one here. Like, uh, we just got back from record shop, didn't we? Yeah, we did. See that the Rolling Stones that I got is not the one I wanted because it's not the first pressing, but it's not because I'm a first pressing snob. It's just the one that my brother had. Right. This one didn't matter what pressing it is, just so long as it has the right label on it. The this one he's talking this about one is, is Deep Purple Blue Burn. That's pretty scuffed up actually. Let me just this will clean off. This is a specific label. This is what I remember the album looking like. There have been subsequent labels. Uh, after this, they went to the wider Warner Brothers logo. Mm-hmm. This is the wider one. It says records across it. And then after that, they went to that plain beige label with the giant Warner Brothers logo on it. And I got 74. So this one probably came out with a plain one color label as well. Oh, and I needed to get the Grand Funk one because Chris had it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was on the same one. And, and he was like, hey, look at this. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, I didn't know yours was just, I didn't know yours was actually just black vinyl. I figured yours was the same as mine. Sure. Yes, exactly. I didn't buy it because you had it, so. I know. Yeah, it's more of a nostalgia thing for me because I prefer having the ones that remind me of what I remember. Remind so, me of who you remember? Because when my Fleetwood Mac Rumors album, the only reason I got the one I got was because it was in good shape and it was at a reasonable price. That thing fetches a lot of money. Can. But it's not the one I was <clears throat> going for because it has the modern label on it. So it's like an 80s pressing. Ah. But it works. But I mean, I don't get into the whole snobbery like you see on the YouTube channels. You know, you see the guys are sitting there in their little record rooms and the entire wall behind them is just side to side albums. Yeah, top to you know, top to bottom, mm-hmm. and they talk about them. They're like, "Oh, I want to show you this one. It's very pristine." And 
there's no damage to the cover and there's and the album is you know mint condition it's like no 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 I'm looking at 1200 records behind you yeah I you didn't you don't have pristine copies of everything and if you if you do you're a multimillionaire who owns and runs his own company who's literally going and finding it's like you are 30 years old the original pressing like you are 30 years old you do those aren't from your original collection. Now, maybe your mom and dad had a collection that you inherited. Yeah, or just took over because they didn't want them. That one guy really irked me to know him. He's going on and on about, oh, they have these new reissues of X, Y, and Z you know, albums. He's like, but I won't, I won't buy a repressing unless I own the original. I'm like, then why buy the repressing at all? Yeah, why are you buying the repressing at all? I mean, I'll buy a repressing if I can't find an original. And with the, with the frequency you and I hit record stores, I mean, we go probably twice a month, minimum. You know, well, I'm, we'll hit I'm, more than one a, a, a trip too. Well, except for this time, we go down to Decatur or something. Yeah, we go to Decatur. We get what like we hit like three or four mm-hmm. before I get tired of it and get hungry and start getting grumpy and start getting and start getting hangry. No, I don't get grumpy, apparently, unless I eat cheese, according to you. When are you not eating cheese? I'm not eating cheese right now. You had some earlier. What? No, I didn't. I'm sure you did. No, I didn't eat cheese today. Yeah, I'm sure you did. When would I have eaten cheese? You've been with me the whole time. Well, before you got, before you came over. You had some in your omelet or something. I didn't have an omelet. I didn't eat until I was with you at, at QT. No, you had some there, then. No, I didn't. I had an egg roll and a. You're just being an annoying. And a cheese egg roll. No, I didn't have a cheese. Ew. Cheese egg roll. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had, I had an egg roll and I had um, a corn dog. With cheese. No, not with cheese. <sighs> Needless to say, I forgot where I was going. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, we usually hit three or four on a good day. And then we found that new, well, new to us one in Decatur. I don't know. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I mean. I just wanted to cut that out because I can't think of it. Well, we haven't said anything about any of the others either, so. But I will buy a repressing if it's something that I've never owned on vinyl. Yeah. Because it's never been on vinyl and it'd just be kind of fun. Like, the fact that I I have... Uh, we are not your kind digitally. Mm-hmm. And I listen to it a lot. But it's fun to have it down here because then I can turn it up real loud and piss off Moo. <laughs> Hopefully. Because, you know, he's up at 8 o'clock in the morning playing bongo drums on the cabinets. <laughs> I did get a repressing uh, a Miles Davis Kind of Blue. Oh, that's a good one. I have it on CD upstairs. I, I, have, I, have, I have it on CD and I have it on my iPod. Yeah, I don't really want to spend the kind of money that they're looking for for a decent copywriter. So. True. Yeah, I need to get um, Bitches Brew if I can find it for decently cheap. That one seems to go for a bit, too. That one goes for a lot, especially considering they have a beer named after it. That's really good. And there's a Bitches Brew Live as well. Yeah. I just I just want this. I don't care about the live. I just want the studio album. Well, the live one doesn't sound much like the original album at all. Well, probably not. Considering it's jazz and it's Miles Davis, mm-hmm. but on CD I've got Miles Smiles and two more. 
I might need some Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. So if I run across a copy of like the Prince's Black album on vinyl, mm-hmm. a real copy, not yeah, not, one, not one of the thousands and thousands of pirate copies. That yeah, not out. the not the knockoffs. Which I used to have a, a knockoff Black album. Right after it came out, we went to a record show and every table had multiple copies and they it's they like average all, white band and they all look different oh nice so we picked the one that looked the best <laughs> just it was a situation where we just wanted to hear it oh okay because it, he wasn't going to release it so we wanted to hear it and honestly we wouldn't have known if it had been just like tracks from the vault or something I'm actually surprised Prince's uh, family doesn't take everything that's in the vault and just release it. They have been. Oh, they have been? Yeah, they, they took some stuff out and put it out there. I'm talking about like a compilation. No, they, what they're going to do is they're going to just slowly release it over time so they can keep the money coming in. Keep his name out there. True. Oh, look, a new Prince album you know, every couple of years. That'll spark interest in his previous albums. Yeah. And you know, they just did that big uh, anniversary release of 1999. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. So there's bonus material on that that's going to be from from the vaults. They should release the Black Album. Warner Brothers finally did just throw the, the stocks that they had of it out. Mm-hmm. Just gave it a quiet release. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen it in a record shop then. There's only one pressing. Still. And I've, I've got a CD. Mm. And I've seen additional ones floating around, but I didn't buy them. I don't know if I've actually ever heard anything off it. I've got the CD, the real CD, but I don't have a real you know, copy of the album. I'm assuming they have cassettes out there, too. Maybe. I would assume. Maybe. I've never seen one. I wouldn't know. Yeah, because that's when we get like three album frames. And I want to put uh, Prince's Black Album, Spinal Tap, and Metallica. And uh, just and ACDC. So yeah, back in Black. Yeah. <laughs> put it all in the same frame. Yeah. That'll, that'll be nice and long. Yeah, you can buy that four-pack of those invisible frames. <laughs> yeah. Hang them up that way. Because my spinal tap is still sealed. Oh. Sea lion seal? Hmm. I don't know. Did you get it at the aquarium? No, I got it over at Lakula. Oh, okay. Got, I've had it on cassette. And I've had it on CD. I still have it on CD. On my, on my computer. I don't really feel the need to break the seal on that one yet. I may one day. Yeah, I gotta listen to Stonehenge on uh, on vinyl. Hmm. Yeah, but it looks just like the one from the movie too. Of course it does. It's very. It's even it's even on Polydor Records. Oh, no, it's on Polymer Records. Excuse yeah, me. Mm-hmm. it's actually on Polydor Records, but yeah, in the movie it was Polymer. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I just don't get into the whole. Everything has to be. Oh, all my records are first pressings and they're mint condition. And first yeah. off, no, they're not. <laughs> Second off, it's like, you know, why don't you buy them and listen to them rather than, you know. He's the, this guy sounds like the guy who buys them, will have a whole bunch of them. And then when the, the new revival of records and collecting and all that, of those things goes away, he's going to dump them for just a ridiculous amount of money. Well, the people who are serious collectors, they're going to fight tooth and nail. Because there's eventually, I mean, there's already people going in and collecting cassettes now. Yeah. I mean, there are bands that are putting out albums on cassette. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I think I my cassettes at the time. I but think I've heard of one that put it out just on cassette. That's silly. Well, if you're not on a record label to begin with, what does it matter? Why go and pay for the? the well, you could buy a burn a, a CD, mm-hmm. one of those CD tower burners that you could burn like ten CDs at a time and just put one in there. And just go. Why go and pay to have a bunch of CDs manufactured or a bunch of albums manufactured? When you can go in, it's cheaper to duplicate tape than it is to press albums. True. If you're trying to hit the indie market, CDs aren't really the way to go. I guess not. But you want to seem fringe and out there. And Put it on a track. Techmon on his channel was um, showing a couple of bands. Um, one one or two of them had released their album on mini-disc. Oh, that's interesting. And you were sorry one, about that. And one guy had released his stuff on like every, everything but CD. You know, you could get it on vinyl, cassette, and uh, mini disc and eight track. And he actually had to go in and buy old eight tracks and scavenge the pieces out of them to make new eight tracks. Replace the tape inside. Oh, that's funny. Replace the tape, replace the sponges and fiddly bits, and create new eight tracks. That's got to be an expensive eight track. There's no way he's selling that for cheap. No, there's not a lot of people are going to buy. It's not like he's got to produce like six hundred of them. No, but even if he only pro- even if he only because anybody puts together fifteen or twenty of them, it's going to be like two hundred dollars a piece. No, no, you don't think so? No, just for the time that he has to spend putting them together and fixing well, if he's them. He's going to do himself. He has to write his time off because it's you know him trying to promote himself. Yeah. So I mean, like, say we went down to oh, that place we went. Um, we stopped at that thrift store on the way back from the unclaimed luggage place. Or unclaimed oh, luggage yeah, place. yeah. On the other side of the building was um, a couple of cases of cassettes. Uh, not cassettes. Well, cassettes too. Eight tracks. Yeah, I remember that. So I go in there and say they're, they're selling for a quarter a piece. I buy up a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And I take them, take them back. I take some lighter fluid, get the label off of them. And I crack the shell. Some of them will have a little screw in there. Other ones will have a little... Uh, plastic tab tab in there you know crack them open you know clean them up real good and probably you can probably get that size tape by a big spool of it you know replace the tape out of it um, you can replace the sponges with damn near any type of spongy material then all you gotta do is print new labels put the whole thing back together yeah new sticky labels so you find some printer that'll print up a bunch of sticky labels the appropriate size Close your shell back up, put the label over, as long as you have a method for recording it. Well, you've got this all figured out, so uh, we're going to start putting the podcast out on uh, 8-Track. No, I'm kidding. We could do a promotional 8-Track. Yeah, one. Like, literally one. <laughs> no, we just, all we have to do is just time it out right and make sure we got the... The... In the right spot? Mm-hmm. Or in the most annoying spot. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, everybody! We're gonna blah blah. Oh my god! I'm gonna time it so it's right in the middle of like a punchline. Yeah. <laughs> that's what. That's what. <laughs> the hell? Uh, wait, what? How do you go back in this thing? You can't. <laughs> but they used to do that with Atrex. They wouldn't be able to divide the album up into four equal pieces. So they'd have to fade the song out. There'd be a couple seconds of silence. Then it would change tracks. Yeah. And the song would fade back in. I had uh, Elvis that did that. 
Like my parents had an Elvis uh, eight track that did that. And the songs would always be out of sequence. Oh, oh yeah, totally. All right, so uh, cue in pain music. <laughs> there it was another episode of achieving reality the podcast done and done i hope you enjoyed what we talked about and anything else that came in so for chris marissa in parentheses everybody else involved i'm larry saying don't forget to come and see us at the strand february 27th through the 29th for the women in horror film festival we'll have a table there and just come on by and say hi all right see you next week Hey! That's on the carpet. So. Hey, there's the tagline, folks. That's <laughs> on the carpet. So. Branding. Branding Larry. Hey, everybody. Larry here from Achieving Reality, the podcast. So, you've missed the last few episodes, have you? That's cool. We got you covered now. That's right. Achieving Reality, the podcast, is now on Spotify. Nice, right? So, now you can listen to us on Podbean, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and iTunes, and Spotify. We're growing and growing. I mean, wow. Follow us on Facebook and give us a listen on all of our new platforms and our old platforms. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Achieving Reality, the podcast. See you soon. Ow. Good.